You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day and happy victory Wednesday. This is the postgame podcast. The Timberwolves beat the Knicks. On the road at Madison Square Garden on Tuesday by two points. We're going to break it all down on the show today. Lots of fun uh, stuff to talk about from this one. Adjustments made by Chris Finch. A little bit of a different rotation. Some clutch play from Carl Anthony Towns. Good games from D'Lo and Anthony Edwards. Another great game from Jalen Noel. Lots to get to. Uh, before we do that, though, a quick thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Lockdown Wolves is, of course, available free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms uh, from Apple to Google, Spotify, the all-new Odyssey app, and anywhere else. You can also follow on Twitter at LockdownTWolves and at BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. All right, so setting this game up, the Timberwolves, of course, first game of the road trip. They were off Monday after after beating the Warriors Sunday night. The Warriors, of course, no Steph Curry, no Draymond Green, but still the Timberwolves won by 20. The Knicks were coming off a really disappointing loss on Monday. So this was the second night of a back-to-back. It was a home back-to-back. So they've been at home, and it was an earlier game Monday, a matinee-type game. Um, they lost by by 10 to the Hornets, and the Hornets did not have the mellow ball. It was just generally an ugly performance by the Knicks. Very sluggish. They didn't really play hard until the second half, uh, well into the second half. Um, but... Still, this was an opportunity for the Timberwolves to beat a Knicks team. It, before before Monday, the Knicks had been playing a lot better of late, uh, but Monday was really ugly. The other thing that was going the Knicks' way was that Kemba Walker was making his return after missing uh, some games with an injury. He started and played 30 minutes in this one. Still no Nerlens Noel, obviously no Derrick Rose, um, and still no Cam Reddish, who had been acquired a few days ago. Hasn't suited up yet for the Knicks in a game. So the Knicks a little bit shorthanded. The Timberwolves relatively healthy. I mean, no rotation players missing. Jordan McLaughlin's in health and safety protocols, but this is a healthy Wolves team that didn't play on Monday. Um, but it was the first night of a back-to-back. Minnesota's in Atlanta now Wednesday evening. So um, some of those things set up in the Wolves' favor. They came into the game three-and-a-half-point favorites on betonline.ag, and uh, the Wolves weren't quite able to cover that spread, obviously. But um, this was one of those games where if the Wolves played their played their game, um, they should have won. And they did, although it was a little bit, maybe a little bit rougher than it needed to be because of the third quarter. So we'll get into that in a second. Um, early in the game, though, the, the Wolves really played well on both ends of the floor. They were forcing the Knicks into some tough perimeter jumpers, which is exactly what you want to do. The Knicks are an okay three-point shooting team, um, but they're bad inside the arc, and they take a fair number of mid-range shots. They don't make a high enough percentage of them, and they're not great in the paint either. The Timberwolves were forcing the Knicks to take tough threes and tough perimeter jumpers in general. Um, and Minnesota scored 30 in the first half, or excuse me, the first quarter. Uh, they played, they forced the Knicks to play a pace that suited the Timberwolves. Uh, it was very fast-paced, up and down early. The Knicks play at the slowest pace in the league. The Wolves play at one of the faster paces in the league. Um, and Minnesota did a great job forcing things in the first quarter, forcing forcing the action in a good way um, to, to try and cram as many possessions as possible into the game was kind of the Wolves' goal, obviously. Um, 
So the Wolves were up seven at the end of the first quarter. The second quarter was a little bit rough early. Then the Wolves bench, you know, really outplayed the Knicks bench, which is something we've seen a lot of lately since Jalen Noel has been part of the rotation. Jaden McDaniels has, has been stronger as a bench piece. Malik Beasley's generally played better lately than he did earlier this season, uh, generally. And the Wolves bench was, has been much better of late. Obviously they destroyed the Warriors on Sunday. They did a pretty good job in the second quarter of this one, and the Wolves had a strong close the second quarter to put them up 10 at halftime. The biggest issue, though, and we'll get to this in key takeaways, was there were some missed wide open three-pointers, especially threes, but open shots from some of the support players. The Jaden McDaniels, uh, Torian Prince had a couple of wide open misses off of really strong you know, the, the correct decision being made by Carl Anthony Towns or by Anthony Edwards, the, the extra pass being made, the correct read by the player with the ball in his hands. And, and this is the difference. And again, we'll get into this in a minute. This is the difference between good teams and really good teams or, you know, really good teams and great teams is those support players making those shots more often than not. And, and we saw some issues of that middle stages of this game. Um, and that's part of the reason the Knicks not only got back into this thing, but took a, a significant lead. So the Wolves are up 10 at halftime. Third quarter, the Knicks got whatever they wanted. Julius Randle woke up. He scored 10 in the frame. Evan Fournier scored 13 in the in the third quarter alone. Um, Jaden McDaniels struggled on Julius Randle. J- Jared Vanderbilt got an opportunity to guard him and didn't do much better. The Wolves even tried mixing in some zone defense in the third quarter to try and force the Knicks to shoot from the perimeter, and Fournier made them pay a couple of times. Um, he hit, I think, three threes uh, in, the, in the third quarter alone. Um, and that's what allowed the Knicks to not only get back in the game, but ultimately they took a nine-point lead late in the third quarter and headed to the fourth. It was a five-point Knicks lead. And the Timberwolves uh, were able to to kind of hang around. They took a brief lead, then the Knicks took it right back. It was actually impressive the way that both of these teams, you know, both 500-ish teams, the Knicks came into the game at 500, the Wolves a game below the 500 mark in terms of their record on the season. Um and they were just kind of slugging back and forth. They were trading multiple possession leads. It was like a three-point Wolves lead, five-point Knicks lead, five-point Wolves lead, three-point Knicks lead, back and forth, early, mid-fourth quarter. Eventually, the Knicks are up five with just under four minutes to play. The Timberwolves had some really rough pick-and-roll defense in the fourth quarter, which is odd and really out of character for them this season. Patrick Beverly went under a couple of screens. Uh, Kemba Walker, I think once, and Evan Fournier once maybe made them pay. Carl Anthony Towns did not uh, show hard enough on a couple of those as well. Um, but then in the final couple of minutes, they dodged some bullets in terms of some missed open shots by the Knicks. And then the Wolves rebounded the ball well enough. There was a big, actually two big Knicks offensive rebounds in the final minute, but they missed all of their second chance opportunities, including uh, the last possession in the game, which actually, before we get to that, I want to talk about the Carl Anthony Towns, uh, the, the Carl Anthony Towns. Well, actually, let's do that next segment. Let's talk about the Towns bucket that won the game next segment. But um, the Wolves did enough offensively. They had some iffy, you know, free throw shooting down the stretch, some missed open shots that hurt them. But the Knicks missed all of their open shots in the final couple of minutes. And the Wolves ultimately held on to win. Uh, Evan Fournier was blocked at the rim by Jaden McDaniels with about five seconds to play. Offensive rebound gets back to Alec Burks. He's contested. I think Patrick Beverly contested a tough three-point attempt from the top of the arc. And it it, uh, it missed. And the Wolves won by two. Uh, they dodged a couple of bullets there in the final possession. But... Outside of that like 10 to 12 minute stretch in the third quarter when the Wolves just let Julius Randle, Evan Fournier walk all over them, this was generally a solid game for Minnesota and a really impressive fourth quarter. The opposite of what we saw last Thursday when the Wolves fell apart down the stretch against Memphis. Of course, Memphis is much, much, much better than the Knicks, but still, uh, it, it's it's good to see that growth. Obviously, the, the game in between the Warriors game was a blowout in the fourth quarter, but... 
um, it was good to see some growth in terms of execution down the stretch. And, and that's part of what I want to get to in key takeaways uh, was, was the Wolves' offensive execution in the fourth quarter of this game. So we'll do that here next. And then, of course, we'll get into individual studs and duds, as we always do. Before we do that, though, let's talk about our title sponsors of today's show. And that, of course, is our friends at PrizePix. Timberwolves fans, you've been hearing me tell you about PrizePix now for months. Have you signed up yet? And if you haven't, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all users, all of our users, excuse me. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point but you must use our code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to only locked on listeners who use our code NBA. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players plus bench players that only record a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, including points, assists, rebounds, three pointers made, and so on. All you do is pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Uh, for instance, you could do a flex play. You could mix NBA and NFL. You could do cross-sport entries. So, for instance, uh, like this weekend when there's NFL and NBA, you could take the Packers game on Saturday. If you hate the Packers, uh, you could take Aaron Rodgers over. I'm sure it'll be like 0.5 interceptions. Take the over. And you could take, uh, I guess the Wolves don't play Saturday, but pick any NBA game and pick the over on points for, you know, Steph Curry or whoever's playing Saturday. You can mix sports. It's a ton of fun. And it only takes 30 seconds to make your picks. Uh, you can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Go to prizepicks.com today or go to your App Store and download the app. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get 50 bucks free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right. Uh, thanks again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen. It really is greatly appreciated. Uh, a reminder that you can make your next listen, the Lockdown Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from all of our local experts. Listen to Lockdown Now on Apple, Spotify, or simply watch it on the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel. All right. Let's talk key takeaways. So let's actually start with Carl Anthony Towns and uh, his balance game that he had. So we'll talk about his line in studs and duds, spoiler alert. Uh, but he did have a nice, he was 50% from the floor, 50% from three, got seven free throw attempts in this game, passed the ball pretty well. I was surprised to see only had three assists for this game. It felt like he should have had more than that. This was a well-rounded Carl Anthony Towns game. He scored in the post early. Um, he scored a couple dribble drives. He scored in transition. He scored from the perimeter on a couple three-point attempts. Um, and I mean, You'd like to have you'd like to see him have more than twelve field goal attempts when he plays thirty six minutes, but he got to the line seven times. He had an efficient twenty points. He did some other things in this game. The final possession, and this is part towns, really a big part of it is Chris Finch. The execution here uh, on the I shouldn't say the final possession, but the final um, the, the, I guess the most important possession when the Wolves were trailing one with about thirty seconds to play. The possession before the Timberwolves had ran. Um, I can't remember exactly what the set was. But essentially, Towns was standing on the low block on the left side of the floor. Beverly was in the left corner, and there were three Knicks. Julius Randle was one of them, but I don't think he was the closest player to Towns. There were three Knicks standing near Beverly and Towns, and the spacing for Minnesota was horrible. They were allowing the Knicks to essentially guard Towns with nobody and yet two guys at the same time. 
And the result of the possession was a Jade McDaniels corner three-point attempt. And it was a mostly open attempt. It wasn't a bad shot uh, in terms of, you know, the openness of Jade McDaniels or the quality of an open three-point three uh, corner three-point attempt when you're down by a point in the final minute. But when Jade McDaniels is your fourth best option, your fourth best three-point shooter, or excuse me, fifth best three-point shooter on the court at that point in the game, it's not what you want if you're the offense. It is what Tom Thibodeau and the New York Knicks want. They don't want Carl Anthony Towns to touch the ball, and he didn't. It was an Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell-driven possession with Towns and Beverly standing in the corner, and the Wolves didn't score. Um, and after the McDaniels missed three-point shot, the Knicks come down. They miss on their end. Uh, that was the that was the play where Russell stripped the ball from R.J. Barrett. A ball goes out of bounds. They call it off. Russell is clearly off Barrett. The Timberwolves challenge. They get the ball back. So now, after the successful and very smart challenge by Chris Finch, remember the Wolves are down one at this point, uh, 109 to 108. The Timberwolves come back down. They run a completely different set. Um, they run some some sides, uh, some some picks on the side of the floor and left side of the floor. Uh, some action that gets Carl Anthony Towns the ball at the nail. So all this other action that's happening in the perimeter, it's all being done so that Towns gets a one-on-one matchup at the nail, the center of the free throw line, middle of the floor, where it's almost impossible to double him, right? And that's that's one of the reasons I always talk about putting Towns at the elbows. I love when the Wolves run horn sets. They've been doing less of that lately than they did late last year. Uh, but to put him somewhere in the middle of the floor where you can't double him like you can on the low block, you can't try and trap him or blitz him like you can on the wings, um, and sure enough, the Knicks didn't. Uh, Tom Thibodeau doesn't like to double if he doesn't have to. And you can't really double him at that point in the game. And they don't. They let him operate from the nail. He takes Julius Randle to the left, drives hard to his left, shoots with his right hand, a tough runner as he likes to shoot, falling out of bounds on the left side of the floor. It gets fouled, a clear foul by Randle. Towns makes the bucket to put the Wolves up one, gets fouled, goes to the line and makes the free throw. Julius Randle fouls out of the game. And, uh, or I guess he, he didn't foul out of that. I think it was only his fifth foul at that point though, Taj Gibson had already fouled out and so had Mitchell Robinson. So that was also significant. Um, I didn't mention that earlier, but I mean, there were no other options to guard towns. This was Julius Randall first Carl Anthony towns, you know, uh, two X Kentucky wildcats going at it and towns hits the shot, makes the free throw, puts the wolves up too. And then the, after that, I mean, I already talked about what happened after that, but Randall made one free throw. Beverly comes on, makes a free throw. And then the Knicks get the chance down to at the end of the game and miss two opportunities to either tie or take the lead or, or win the game, I guess at the buzzer, but the play call by Finch to get towns, the ball in a place on the floor where he could be successful and didn't have to rely on waiting for a double team, finding an open teammate who, you know, throughout this game, the wolves were missing open shots. Towns was able to get the one-on-one matchup against a smaller player, simply beat him to the basket and score. Um, and that is what Timberwolves fans have been clamoring for the Wolves to do in crunch time forever. And Finch hasn't always done it either. And the Wolves haven't always executed when Finch has tried to get the ball to Towns late in the game. But this is a perfect example of a very, very intelligent play call and a fantastic play by Carl Anthony Towns to... Uh, to, to get to the basket, to score, to give the Timberwolves the lead for good. Um, so all that was was fantastic. Second key takeaway, I have alluded to this a couple of times, but the Timberwolves dodged some bullets in this game, still winning despite the supporting cast, missing some wide open three-pointers and also free throw attempts. Um, another game, this has been an issue. It's been more obvious of late. The, the free throw shooting has not been great for Minnesota. First, the three-point shooting. Um, the Timberwolves only shot 31.7% on three-point attempts in this game. Almost identical to the Knicks, by the way. The Knicks were 12 of 38. The Wolves were 13 of 41. And the biggest culprits, Jaden McDaniels is the most obvious one. He missed 
five three-pointers, and at least three of them were wide open, and I believe four of them were from the corners. He shot one tough one from uh, basically like straight on three point, maybe a little bit to the left side of the floor, but the rest were all from the corners. Oh, five from deep. Torian Prince only had one shot attempt, but it was an open shot off of a driving kick situation where he should have made it. Um, Jalen Noel missed a couple of open threes. Patrick Beverly struggled again from three. Uh, but the supporting cast missing those open threes, that's the difference between good teams and great teams and, you know, everybody in between, right? Uh, Minnesota has really struggled to hit those open shots when they get those opportunities. And, and this side of Carl Anthony Towns, and more often than not this year, Anthony Edwards, he's improving as a shooter, but Towns, uh, well, really, I, Towns is the only one, right? I mean, D'Angelo Russell's shooting essentially a career worst from three, although he was good in this game. Patrick Beverly is shooting a career worst from three. Malik Beasley has not shot the ball well from three. Torian Prince was 40% last year. He's been miserable from three this year. It's just been this weird thing, and it's been a while since I've talked about it um, on the show, but I spent some time on it a few weeks ago. How weird is it that this many Timberwolves players are shooting so poorly from outside the arc, and yet the team has is, is been hovering around 500 for a while? If these guys could all just shoot their career averages, how much better would this team be? How many more wins, how many games above 500? Would it be three, four games above 500? Um, I just, it's just insane that there's this many guys, set aside Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, Beverly, Russell, Prince, Beasley. These guys are all not shooting anywhere near their career averages um, or what they've done in recent seasons from beyond the arc. And eventually that's got to swing back the other way. You've got to think so. Um, but that was an issue in this game. And then missed free throws. Patrick Beverly was two of four down the stretch, missed a couple of big ones. Jane McDaniels missed one in the fourth quarter as well. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt was only two of four at the line. As a team, the Wolves were 29 of 38. That's 76.3%. It was still better than the Knicks, who were 24 of 33. Um, so I guess in that sense, the Wolves... Didn't I mean, they dodged a bullet in the sense that the Knicks were that much worse than them at the line. But those timely, you know, those, or I guess untimely missed free throws were an issue for Minnesota. And uh, it's something that's going to have to get cleaned up here moving forward. Uh, last key takeaway, Jalen Well down the stretch. Once again, Malik Beasley was not a factor in the fourth quarter of this game. He only played 17 minutes and he was actually really good in the first half. He hit a couple of threes in, in short order, I think in the second quarter that helped the Wolves as the Knicks were kind of trying to get this thing back to one possession before halftime. Beasley kind of had this hot stretch where he helped the Wolves maintain that lead, but he wasn't as good in the third quarter and Jalen Noel saw the crunch time minutes. Jalen was fantastic once again, 14 points, six rebounds, three assists, zero turnovers for Noel, five of 12 shooting. And uh, ran a little bit of point in this one. Um, the Wolves, again, staggered. D'Lo, the first guy to the bench in the first quarter. Uh, Beverly runs point after he goes down. And then Russell comes back in for Beverly. You kind of bridge that gap. And there'd be some brief minutes in the second and third quarters. Or second and, I guess, early fourth quarter when Jalen Noel ran initiated offense, essentially, as the point guard. But he was fantastic in this game once again. He got them buckets in the fourth when they were down by a couple possessions. The Wolves essentially gave the ball to Jalen Noel and cleared out and said, it, it ran ran action to get him isolation opportunities because one-on-one, -on -one, and he said this post-game, Jalen Noel said he knew that nobody on the Knicks could guard him one-on-one. -on -one. And the confidence level of Jalen Noel is, is sky high. And, and that's exactly the type of player he is. He can score at all three levels. He's a bulldog going to the rim. Um, he, he can make contested shots, even though he's a little bit undersized. He's not, he's some, he's relatively athletic. He's not ultra athletic. He can score through contact. Um, all of those things. And he did what he needed to do in this game to help Minnesota retake the lead in the fourth quarter. Fantastic game from Jalen Noel. I want to spend a little more time on him too here uh, next segment when we do individual studs and duds. So we'll do that next. Uh, but generally my key takeaways, again, 
number one, balanced Carl Anthony Towns game slash fantastic play at the end of the game to give the Wolves a lead and a great play call from Chris Finch. Number two, the Timberwolves dodged some bullets with a number of uh, of missed open three-pointers from the supporting cast. Jaden McDaniels going 0-5 from outside the arc. Uh, Prince missing his, you know, wide open shot. Uh, you know, Patrick Beverly missing open three-point attempts. And then also missed free throws, especially down the stretch. The Wolves do- dodged multiple bullets. And against a better opponent, they would not have escaped with the win with some of these these mistakes that they made. And then also Jalen Noel, fantastic down the stretch. Part of the rotation in crunch time. And, and again, I think that's something we're going to see quite a bit here moving forward. All right, let's close the show today by looking at individual studs and duds. First, though, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. It's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bar has you covered because Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Built, Built Bars, uh, for the most part, they contain 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and just 17 or not just 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever they might be. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you do- when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's talk individual studs and duds from Wolves Knicks. Number one has to be Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, 20 points in this game, 6 of 12 shooting, very efficient, 2 of 4 outside the arc, 6 of 7 at the line. He only had five rebounds. Uh, the Timberwolves as a team actually did not rebound the ball all that well. There were a minus six on the glass. And, and uh, I mean, Jared Vanderbilt led the team with seven. Jalen Noel had six rebounds, was the second leading rebounder on the team. So for Towns to get five rebounds in 36 minutes isn't great. But if you go back and watch, he was doing a lot of kind of fighting, a little bit of boxing out here and there, but really being physical with Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle and some of these guys, uh, Taj Gibson. And uh, it was, you know, the Patrick Beverly's who had five rebounds himself and and uh, Vando and uh, Jalen Noel who were sneaking in getting these rebounds while Towns was engaged with the Knicks bigs. So he was, he was battling on the glass. He just didn't get the numbers necessarily in this game. He also had three assists, just two turnovers in this game, one steal, no real foul trouble. I think he got called for one offensive foul on a moving screen. Could have been called a couple times for hook for hooking with the chicken wing down low a couple times in this game, but wasn't. Um, and generally very solid, as I talked about earlier. Well-balanced game from Carl Anthony Towns. I'd love to see him get more touches in general. I'd love to see him shoot more threes. But he's on a streak right now where he's just playing really solid basketball on both ends of the floor. And I haven't really talked about his individual defense but there were multiple possessions in this game. There was one in the first half where he cut off. I don't even remember who the ball handler was. I think it might have been Kemba Walker who tried to go baseline on the left side of the floor and Towns cut him off baseline 
forced him back the other way and forced the turnover. Um, there was another opportunity where uh, it was actually, I don't think it was that play. It was, it was around that same time in the second quarter where the Wolves X'd out on the perimeter. Towns re- rushed the baseline, sh- the shooter in the corner and the other Timberwolves defender, it was either Beverly or Edwards, came up and, to guard the shooter on the wing. And it was a perfect X out. The Wolves generated a turnover off of that as well. Uh, just just phenomenal defense by the Wolves in this game for stretches, minus the third quarter. And Carl Anthony Towns was a huge part of that. Um, he's He's gone from, I thought he was a little bit underrated as a defender. I think people talking about him, you know, ESPN's RPM stat always had him towards the bottom. He was a little better than that, especially the last couple of years. I mean, he's at least average this year in terms of big man, uh, defensive big men, if not a little better than that. I mean, most nights, Carl Anthony Towns is very active. Uh, whether or not that shows up in the blocks category, he has been an active defender, an intelligent defender. He's been working hard all season, um, and and this game is, is no exception. Uh, second stud for me in this game, haven't really talked about him much, but D'Angelo Russell, 17 points, four assists, Two rebounds, one steal, one block, five of 11 shooting. Not a ton of shots for D'Lo in this game. And he only played 25 minutes. Uh, part of that's because Jalen Noel was playing so well. Uh, and also the Wolves needed some length on the perimeter. But D'Lo had a fantastic first half, especially. Five of 11 shooting in 25 minutes, four of eight outside the arc, three of three at the free throw line. Hit a big, a couple of big threes actually late in the game too, in the fourth quarter. Um, maybe it was just one, but he hit at least one big three in the fourth quarter of this game. Um, and I... I mean, controlled action in the first half, played very well. And, and along with him, by the way, I'm not going to give the stud to him necessarily, but Anthony Edwards, the decision-making, the shot-making in this game wasn't as good. He was only two of nine outside the arcade, four turnovers to just three assists, made some mistakes, but shooting had a couple of tough three-pointers that he made and also a couple of tough drives and and one in the first half, a left-handed scoop shot that was really impressive. Uh, so just a, an interesting game from him, not super efficient, not super impressive, but a couple of really nice plays, you know, isolating those plays were really, really impressive. Uh, my last stud for this game, Jalen Noel, 14 points, six rebounds, three assists, no turnovers for Jalen, five of 12 shooting, got to the line four times, made three of them, one of four outside the arc. Again, three assists, no turnovers, one steal for Jalen Noel and talked about him earlier, but he played both on and off the ball in this one again and seems to have earned a spot, at least in the top, you know, six or seven guys that Chris Finch is going to go to late in the fourth quarter of close games. And in this game, he was the guy that just went and got buckets. And and he's obviously able to do that um, regardless of the magnitude of the situation. Um, and it was really, really impressive. Uh, duds for me in this game, it's hard to really pinpoint anybody. I, I would say an underwhelming game would be Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, I'm not going to give him a dud. He was fine. I mean, he was active defensively. He struggled a little bit with Julius Randle. Um, he had only 4.7 rebounds in 34 minutes, and he had none of the other... He didn't stuff the stat sheet. No steals, no blocks, no assists in this game for Vanderbilt. And uh, he was fine. It just wasn't the typical Vando output that we've gotten used to. So not really a dud, just a little bit of a of, of a disappointing performance. Torian Prince had some nice spot defensive uh, moments in his four minutes, but... Um, you know, didn't do much else. Uh, he had a, actually, there were a couple of opportunities that he had to come into the game, late clock situations at end of quarters to, to try and lock, lock down a Knicks player. Um, and did okay with that. He just, it's just, he's kind of in this weird fringe rotation spot now where he's like the 10th guy. Josh Akogi didn't play at all, by the way, got a DNP CD in this game. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that Prince Akogi ninth, 10th man in the rotation role kind of shakes out here moving forward. All right, that's all we have for you today here about this game. This was a fun win. It was a good win. I mean, the Knicks are are 
likely not a playoff team in the East, but they were last year and they're going to be hovered around that mix. It's still a road win. It's still a win against a team that's competitive. And it was good to see the Wolves now take on the Hawks on Wednesday, just 24 hours after this one. So 630 against Central Tip in Atlanta against the Hawks. And uh, the Hawks obviously having a really disappointing season and a team that the Timberwolves should beat. Again, on the road, Hawks playing a little bit better lately. The Hawks did beat Minnesota the the only other time they played this season. Um, I say the Hawks are playing better lately. They beat the Bucks the other day, but before that, they had lost several games in a row. Uh, they're relatively healthy. I mean, no Clint Capella, no Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, in this game on Wednesday. But um, I mean, you've still got you know obviously all the guys, all, all the guys that you have with with Atlanta with John Collins and Trey Young and everybody else. Um, so. It'll be an interesting game. The Wolves always tend to have a little bit of trouble with the Hawks and with Trey Young specifically. So we'll see how they choose to guard him and what this, how this game shakes out. We'll, of course, do the post-game pod immediately following that one as well. Um, so that'll post late Wednesday. Thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. And a reminder that the show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, Apple, Google, Spotify, and Odyssey, as well as any other audio platform that you'd like to listen to. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at Beacon. With two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Thanks again for listening to Lockdown Wolves, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Um, again, a thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen. You can make your second listen, Lockdown Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.